Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Bernie Clement, CIO at Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. In this segment, Clement talks about the work his team is doing with Health Catalyst, why it's critical to have IS represented at both medical staff and executive meetings, and how he brings physicians into the fold of every major project. Hi, Bernie. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Oh, glad to be here. To get things started, can you give us uh, some information about Thibodeau Regional, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, in terms of you know bed size uh, and what you have in the way of clinics and ambulatory, things like that? Absolutely. Um, Thibodeau Regional uh, is in Thibodeau, Louisiana, a um, community tucked away uh, between, uh, roughly between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Uh, we're a community hospital, uh, 185 beds. We have a medical staff, total medical staff of about 144 physicians. Uh, about 25 of those are employed. Uh, Full-featured regional medical center. Uh, and uh, I believe that that's kind of the key aspects of it. Um, okay. Our employed doctors include internal medicine, uh, orthopedic surgeon, uh, CB surgeon, neurology. Uh, we also have pulmonologists employed, uh, radiologists, uh, anesthesiologists. Just have an endocrinologist starting as well. Very excited about that to get an endocrinology here in the Thibodeau area. Uh, we've had to get that uh, sort of expertise uh, outsourced in the past and get people uh, going out and about for those services. And uh, also have a pretty full-featured uh, uh, neurology and neurosurgery uh, specialty as well. Okay. Yeah, it's great. I, I'm sure that any time you can keep people in the network, uh, that's a plus. Yeah, uh, the difficulty is to, to send people out. It's not like we're sending them a, across town in the past. They would have to go to New Orleans or Baton Rouge, so we feel pretty comfortable that uh, we're really able to uh, provide some excellent services here, uh, including cancer care as well. So uh, very satisfied that we can really offer all the services we need for our community. Now, um, in terms of uh, the, the clinical uh, application environment, um, what do you have uh, in the hospital for your EHR? Meditech's our main system. Uh, we're running Meditech Client Server 566 um, and pretty much have all the applications that they have to offer. Uh, they're our main provider. Uh, for our PAC system, we use Novarad. I've been very happy with them. Um, we are deploying a health catalyst. Uh, as a, a data warehousing solution, uh, currently underway with that deployment uh, as well. Uh, we use Obix in our uh, in our family birthing area. Uh, in our clinics, we use eClinicalWorks, um, and we are leveraging uh, a statewide HIE uh, for a kind of community-based uh, health portal uh, opportunities there, as well as interchange between our clinics uh, and the hospital. Okay. So now uh, you said uh, Meditech Client Server 566, and is um, w when did you uh, upgrade to that version? And you know, is there anything uh, planned for uh, as far as upgrades in the near future? Uh, we upgraded to 566 uh, here this spring, uh, okay. mainly uh, to get us to a point where we are uh, fully meaningful use ready uh, and ICD-10 ready. Uh, there was also some nice features in the 566 regarding the discharge process and helping us get to a electronic integrated discharge process. Okay. Also some key features there uh, with a quality dashboard that are now available to the front lines we think is very important to 
give the informational core measure uh, adherence and, and quality measures to our nurses and, and our staff. And uh, we're looking forward to being able to do that here in the upcoming months to roll out some of that functionality. Okay. So as you said, positioning for uh, for meaningful use. Yes. Okay. Been a key driver here for us. We um we we met stage one for the first time last year uh, in the July quarter, and uh, now we are uh, we've wrapped up and we're in our attestation period for the second year um, of stage one right now. Okay. You you've been CIO there since 2011. Is that correct? Uh, feels feels about right. Yeah, three years. <laughs> okay. Um, and then was uh, was Meditech already in place at that point? Meditech was. Uh, we needed to get a few upgrades underway, so uh, Meditech was our core HIS. There, I think they've been here since about 2000. So uh, they've been a good partner, a uh, real good partner. I, I've liked the changes they've made as an organization over the last few years. Uh, they really seem to be embracing the need to uh, be more. Uh, of a consultant, I guess, to assist you in transforming your processes. Uh, instead of just being a software vendor, they seem really eager to partner and to uh, focus more on the clinical transformation aspects of uh, what their system can provide to us. Okay. Now you talked about uh, you know having that that the discharge um, functionality. Um, how does how does that work as far as uh, does the Meditech system? Um, is there some kind of interface, like with the uh, with the clinics, with the, uh, the e-clinical works? Uh, that's getting there. Uh, the key thing right now is getting uh, all of our physicians and, and the rest of our clinical staff all communicating in a common place to to coordinate the discharge process. Uh, it does have the capabilities to to now send out uh, the health summary uh, once that process is concluded. Um, we have that process worked through. We're not sending that information out just yet. Uh, we're working on interfaces uh, with our statewide HIE to kind of act as our HISP so that uh, that discharge summary information can then go out to the clinics that would then be taking that patient on after they've been discharged. Okay. So obviously there's a lot of moving parts in uh, making that happen. Yeah, but the nice thing is you, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and no one feels it's a train coming at them. Uh, I think everyone's starting to see how all these pieces can fit together. Uh, I know it, it's been a rough journey the last few years, a ton of change, uh, not only for hospitals, but especially for our physicians. And, and I, I think uh, people are finally starting to see the benefits of how all these systems, once they really can talk to one another, uh, beyond just the four walls of each institution, how we can really make some improvements in, a, in patient care, you know, reduce some costs, reduce some redundancies, but also coordinate care better across institutions. Right. There, there's so much emphasis on that now. And how has that worked as far as, uh, you know, getting the physicians on board? Um, is that I can imagine that that's been a big effort for the last couple of years. It has. But our physicians have been very, uh, very patient and, and very willing, uh, very willing to change. Uh, you know, you always have, you know, physicians will always be, want to be sure that's what's best for their patients, and, and we understand that. And they're very busy, and we can't slow them down. So we've really tried to work hard um, to design these processes with the physician and the patient in mind. Um, I think they've seen that. They've seen that we're honest in, in wanting to do that, and so they're willing to work with us there. Right. Was there Are there certain committees that are set up or, or meetings just to kind of keep that uh, – keep that uh, the communication flowing? 
Absolutely. We have a we have what we call the CPOE Steering Committee. Uh, it was made up of about six of our physicians uh, representing different specialties, um, as well as all of our uh, our key people on our executive team. Uh, we've been meeting every other week. And uh, funny thing is, we, we, we're finished with CPOE, but we're still meeting as we talk about physician documentation needs, interoperability needs. Um, they've been key to really give us uh, good feedback and to also be spokesmen. Uh, out in the rest of the medical staff. Uh, we have a, a person who I guess that you can best describe him as a, a physician IS advisor. Um, he's, a part, he's a practicing physician, but also part-time uh, has been a key person for us to bounce things off of uh, with our medical staff. And then beyond that, we've, uh, we've tried to always have a monthly physician IS meeting. Uh, very open forum, the entire medical staff's invited uh, and we've tried monthly to have that opportunity for them to come uh, give us feedback uh, as well as for us to keep them updated. Uh, one of the nice things that's also helped is that um, in our medical staff meetings that we have every other month, uh, IS has been a constant theme. I've had the opportunity to go update our medical staff there. And also in our, uh, our medical executive meetings, uh, IS has had a presence there as well. To kind of keep them informed, I think uh, keeping them informed and, uh, and and helping them with the big picture and uh, being willing to understand their aspects of things as a is is really a key in, in making these transformations work. Right, uh, absolutely. It, it, it's such a key part having having that physician engagement, and it sounds like uh, you guys are really dedicated to uh, to keeping that going. Yeah, we can't. We, we obviously can't do it without them. Uh, if you attempt just to tell them what they're going to do, uh, you're going to fail. And uh, if, if you don't think through your processes, you're going to fail. I mean, at, at the end of the day, these physicians are scientists, and uh, they want to understand why we're changing something and be sure we're changing it for the better for the patient. Right. Right. Yeah. You have to be able to speak their language, I guess, at, at least to some degree, right? Well, yeah, and one thing that's helped us tremendously with that is, is the makeup of our IS department. Um, we have a, a, a lady who is our, we call her our physician liaison, but uh, she's a nurse by trade. She's run our ICU, critical care department, uh, very well respected by the physicians. Uh, she knows clinical processes very well. She knows how to be a leader. She knows how to have, you know, crucial conversations with physicians, Uh uh, when the time calls for it, and uh, she's very well respected by the medical staff and uh, all clinical leadership, and it's made a big difference. Okay, okay. So you um, you mentioned briefly before about um, Health Catalyst and uh, you know the data warehouse, and uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that as far as what what you have going on there and and what the plans are for being able to uh, utilize this data. Sure, we're still through the deployment process right now, but. Uh, we realize that if we just kind of stay status quo, it's not going to work. We're, we're seeing, you know, reimbursement shrink. Uh, we're seeing the added focus on on quality and the, and the necessity to be a top performer. Um, and we think bringing a health catalyst in will help us do that. Uh, they have some unique ways in which to bring data uh, to a format that can be uh, analyzed very well and be shared. Uh, and, and they also have some good change processes that really involve physicians in uh, reviewing the data and, and in and seeking out best practices and, and really moving the dial on quality and cost. Their late binding approach, I think, will help us bring 
different data sources together. We've been pretty good at analyzing what's in the hospital, but, but we know over time we're going to have to come up with ways in which we can really start to perform some population management and be able to bring some of these physician, this physician practice information into the data warehouse as well. Uh, while we use eClinical Works for our employed doctors, that's really a fraction of our overall medical staff. And uh, many doctors uh, you know, have chosen different EMRs in their clinics. So we, we need to come up with a data warehousing approach and a vendor who can bring all these different sources together and really help us to be able to understand some population dynamics. And uh, once we get Health Catalyst up and running with the hospital data, we're looking forward to finding ways in which we can bring the physician information into the fold as well so we have a pretty complete view of our, uh, of our community and our patients. Right. And I would think that, that for the physicians, that is something that, that's, that's really exciting, having that, you know, knowing that this is going to happen, that, that they're going to have this unified view. You talk about the data, you know, at their fingertips. And I, I would think that, that uh, it, it's a nice thing to be able to tell the physicians, like, this is what we're working towards. Absolutely. I mean, when, when, when people first heard of what we were doing, but it initially sounded like it was just hospital data, that was kind of our physician feedback. It's like, well, this is fine, but... You know, really in the hospital, you're only seeing a part of that patient's care. And uh, I think the hospital's had enough, you know, open-mindedness to realize that it can't just be about the hospital. And uh, so uh, it's going to take some time. It becomes it's pretty difficult to commingle all these different data sources together. But, you know, when they understand our bigger vision is to be able to give that physician a pretty complete view, uh, they're very engaged by that. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.